Welcome to Le Bon V, the podcast for John Paul the Great Academy, where we explore the intersection of Catholic, classical, and Cajun cultures, pursuing that good life. I'm Deacon Adam Conk, joined as always by the wonderful Kyle Alvarado. Hello, sir. Hello, Deacon. And we are joined also today by the beautiful, the great, the marvelous Mrs. Christina Como. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me today. It is that time of year again, the culinary cook-off. And, you know, a lot of our listeners maybe aren't familiar with it because maybe they live out of state or whatever, or maybe they're new to the community, and we haven't had it in a couple years, right? So, Christina, tell us, what is the culinary cook-off? So, the culinary cook-off is where we invite area priests to come in and compete um, to see who can cook the best gumbo. Uh, and this all benefits our school, John Paul the Great Academy. Um, and it's a really fun event um, to where the priests can interact with each other and the community all in good spirits. Um, a new thing that we started doing two years ago was that some of the proceeds of the night go back into the parishes of some of the winning priests. Um, and so it's just an added competition now, more, the, more so than the past, um, to get them engaged to bring money back to their parishes. Um, but you, there's gumbo, there's a buffet, there's dancing, and there's just a really good time. Yeah, I always love, we, we always have live music. Mm-hmm. Do we have someone this year? Yes. So this year, it's different from past years. They're the cotton picking kids. They come from Alabama. Um, and so it's... Blue- Alabama? Alabama. <laughs> I know. Roll Tide. They have good music in Alabama? Yes. So this particular style of music is bluegrass music. Um, so... We're really interested to see how that's going to sound and mesh with our events. And of course, we'll always have our Cajun music playing off and on throughout the night to make sure we kick up a good time. Awesome. And so where, where is it happening and when? So this is happening at Vermilionville, which is located in Lafayette, November 13th. The doors open at 6.45 p.m. And the event usually runs until about 9, 9.30. Sweet. And anybody could go? How does this happen? Anybody can go. You can purchase tickets online at our website, culinarycookoff.com. There's a link there to purchase tickets. You can also stop by our school. Um, if you want a little extra and want a special seat to sit at throughout the night, we also have sponsorship tables that are available to purchase on our website as well. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to call me at our school at 337-889-5345. Yeah, I want to push the sponsorship table. If there's any listeners who are outside the Lafayette area, maybe, you know, we have some in like Colorado or wherever or out of the States, but you love what we do at John Paul the Great Academy and we fascinated you. A sponsorship is a great way to get involved in this because you can be a supporter of the school and help continue this mission of John Paul the Great Academy in a very meaningful way because all of this money does what again, Christina? Where does this money go? This money supports our St. Joseph Scholarship Fund um, that funds about half of our families here um, that rely on the financial aid um, to come to our school and to receive the Catholic classical education that we provide. Um, so it's it's huge. Um, yeah. yeah. So how do yeah. you sponsor... Uh, the event. You mentioned a table sponsorship. Are there other ways to get involved? Yes. Yeah, so especially if you're out of state and want to support our school and this cause, um, there's a new uh, sponsorship available on our website with all the details. It's called the Holy Trinity Sponsorship. Um, and you can pledge $1,000 to help um, cover the cost of the event. And uh, it allows us to maximize our profit um, that we make that goes into the St. Joseph Scholarship Fund. 
Now, we're a family school. We love promoting family life, but is this a family event? Uh, a family event that it feels like family. However, it is only <laughs> for 18 and older. Um, we do encourage college college students to come. They can uh, purchase their tickets at Acadian Religious or Crossroads Collective. Um, they have discounted tickets there. Um, but otherwise, it's 18 and older. Um, we love the kids, but we have other events that uh, they're welcome to. It's just not this particular one. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the good life is enjoying grown-up things. And <laughs> uh, one of the great features also that tends to happen at, at the Gumbo Cook-Off is, yeah, we're Catholic. We're not afraid to say yeah, we love alcohol. Alcohol, but in an ordered way, of mm -hmm. course. But there's usually a great bar and great, um, great beer on tap. Yes, so that's we have that again. We have uh, LA31, Michelob, Bud Light, um, Cash Bar. Um, one new feature we're going to have this year is a silent art auction, um, which is going to be uh, art that is done by our JPG Art 1 and Art 2 students. We're doing a tribute to Floyd Saunier. Um, there will be uh, interpretations of his work and exact replicas. Um, so that's a new feature that we're looking forward to as the Saunier family is a part of our community. Is the art silent or the auction silent? Which one is silent? Or both? We're both Catholic. And. Both and. Both and. <laughs> both and. <laughs> no, it really is a great, I mean, this is, uh, how many years have we been doing this now? This is our eighth. And it's, it's a loved event by everybody who's ever gone. So if you've never gone before, it's become such a staple of South Louisiana Catholicism that you have to go. Um, and sometimes the weather's pretty nice, and it looks like this might be the case for us, right? Yes, so far it's looking good. We also do ask um, the Carmelite sisters for some extra special prayers uh, for that beautiful <laughs> weather we always are hoping for. Storm heaven so that heaven doesn't storm us. <laughs> At least that night. Indeed. <laughs> Well, and the good life takes resources, right? And Mr. Alvarado, Christina, I'm sure you, you always hear about people talking about how expensive education can be, particularly Catholic education, and how do we make it more accessible to more people? So one of our solutions at John Paul the Great Academy, and a big part of our solution at John Paul the Great Academy, is that we have the culinary cook-off to provide for families to help support them in receiving this classical education we offer. And so it's so important to be a part of solutions that are available. And this is a, an easy solution. Get a ticket to a great event and uh, become a sponsor of the Culinary Cook-Off. I mean, it's pretty easy to do, right? It's pretty easy to do, but also, you know, important. I'm, I'm a faculty member here, so I'm not ashamed to say this, that we want to be a community that pays their employees well. Some, some places try to make their education more affordable by sacrificing the family life of the employees by not paying them living wages. And so, you know, it's important to us that we're able to provide for, for, for me, for, for you guys, for, for all the people who work here to be able to, you know, have an ordered family life uh, with a just wage. But at the same time, we wanna offer that same invitation for families that, you know, for families who aren't able to pay the full tuition you know, we don't want them to have to sacrifice their family life in a, in a disordered way to be here. And so being able to be creative and to, pro and to provide a good life uh, for employees and families alike, this is just such an important, fun and creative way that, that you know, we're trying to be Christ-like, meet people in their need. 
All right, so this coming Saturday, November 13th, the culinary cook-off at Vermilionville. Christina Como, thanks so much for joining us. Thank I'll you for having me. See you at the cook-off. Yes, indeed. It's going to be fun. There's a Le Bon Temps Roulet, huh? And we have another guest in the studio, because we just love guests here. And so uh, we're going to talk to the chaplain of the Apostolate of Family Consecration, Father Kevin Barrett. Hello, Father. Uh, hello to, uh, to all your listeners as well. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you this weekend, uh, especially with the feast of Pope St. John Paul II. Yeah, that was so nice. You know, every year we look forward to the feast day. You know, we call it the feast day, but it's uh, the memorial of St. John Paul II. And he's an important man to you as well, right, Father Barrett? Exactly. I, I work as the chaplain of a family ministry called the Apostolate for Family Consecration. Some people may know it from the place. It's based in the Steubenville Diocese called Catholic Family Land. Uh, if anybody wants to learn more about it, afc.org, which is an easy website, you know, A for Apostolate Family Consecration, afc.org. But the it's an interesting work that was founded by parents of a large family, and they founded it to really just help families be strengthened in the faith and to be able to uh, equip parents to give the faith to their kids and to help other families uh, grow in the faith too, seeing that this is what's most necessary. And, it was, and the founder focused on the pontificate of John Paul II. He was very much drawn to his Marian spirituality, the totus tuus, you know, totally mm-hmm. yours, Mary. As, as John Paul learned as a younger man, that this is the perfect way to Jesus, that that's the way he came to us through his mother and perfect way for us to go back to him. And so this uh, family apostle was founded really to teach families, you know, come to Jesus through his mother in union with St. Joseph, the Holy Family being the real model for families. And it was it has always been very much based on the spirituality of Pope John Paul II, who used to frequently repeat the future of the world and the church passes through the family. Mm, he understood yeah. how how incredibly important is the family. So and at a I can't remember if you mentioned this or not. When when uh, did this apostolate get started? It was founded in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee back in 1975, but it really didn't start running public retreats until the early 80s. And then it was moved from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee to Steubenville because uh, Providence brought our founders in contact with Father Mike Scanlon as the, mm. the, the former president of Franciscan University, and he let them know that the diocesan seminary property in Steubenville was up for sale. It had been uh, closed, you know, many years before we even came. And it's only 20 minutes from Franciscan University, so um, the invitation was come collaborate with the university more so. And um, and we were actually looking for a bigger property where we could have, like, horseback riding and, you know, fun events for, for the kids and for families, but really give them a strong message, kind of, kind of like a retreat at a family uh, or at a, re- at a vacation setting or a vacation in a retreat center. Um, that was kind of the idea, and that's how God has developed it over the years. And this past summer, we had five week-long programs for families, and we had, um, our, you know, eight to 900 people a week come oh, wow. to these. Yeah, and so it was just wonderful how God is ministering to the family to just give just give reinforcement to families that here's God's plan for marriage and family and human sexuality. Because you know, the world is just inundating us with false messages mm-hmm. and confusing messages. And it's just beautiful for families to come together and realize, no, let's follow God's plan because 
this is where we're going to find peace, joy, and fulfillment. You know, the good life. It, doing it his way, the good life, yes. <laughs> and I think, especially today, that, that's one of the greatest testaments, you know, against this, this kind of technocratic, modern, you know, define yourself and then, then you'll be happy uh, kind of thing. Uh, the greatest testament against it is simply families living vibrantly, uh, right. living the good life. Well, Father, if how would you uh, so how would you approach a family that says, "Look, we, we've we've already got a kind of devotion to Saint Joseph and to Our Lady and to the Holy Family. Um, you know, that's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. What would be the difference between having devotions and and consecration?" Uh, that's an excellent question. Because faith is meant to bring us into a vibrant contact with Jesus, with the reality of the saints, Our Lady, St. Joseph, as you mentioned, and all the communion of saints. And for families to realize the church was established by Jesus to get us to heaven. We're not, you know, so many people in our times are living their lives as if this is the only reality. Mm-hmm. And especially young people are being seduced by the uh, the spirit of the age, you might say, or the devil. He never rests in trying to rob us of that pearl of great price, which is faith. Having a heavenly vision or having the vision that Jesus has brought to us, that the unseen world is more real than the seen world, you know. But we yeah. access it by faith and through the sacraments and prayer. So at our family apostolate, it's really practically teaching people Uh, emphasizing that you need to pray as a family. We emphasize the rosary as a beautiful scriptural prayer that the smallest child can be united with mom and dad and even grandma and grandpa in a common prayer together. Mm. We emphasize the sacramental life of the church. We need to be, you know, at least weekly receiving the Eucharist at Sunday worship or in holy days. But that, and then emphasizing sacramental reconciliation too, that this is where we have the guarantee that we're in the grace and friendship of God when we make a good confession and not to be afraid to do that. You know, Jesus is, you know, it's the age of divine mercy. He's, he so longs to pardon if we would just give him that opportunity. And so we emphasize just the, really the basic catechetical truths of the faith, but then teach them this, uh, you know, Jesus, as he hung on the cross said, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And that that was his dying wish that he wanted to entrust not only St. John, but all of his disciples throughout the ages to the care of his mother, that she is the perfect disciple. And if we're entrusted to her, she is going to help us mightily to remain faithful to her divine son. And so there's a, it's, a, it's a great practical movement, you might say, of trying to teach families, why is this so important to do this? Why is it important to look to St. Joseph as the head of the Holy Family and to imitate his, uh, the model that he is for dads? For, uh, you know, he was a carpenter. He wasn't the yeah. holiest member of that family. You know, mm-hmm. he had God as his adopted son and, <laughs> and the Immaculate Virgin as his, as his wife. And yet he understood he was the head of that family. He, by God's design, he had to make decisions. He had to take them to Egypt to flee Herod. I mean... Joseph, it was not an easy role for him to play, but what a model for men, you know, to to uh, uh, tradesmen, you know, and a, just a prayerful, loving, tender, 
and yet a man's man at the same time. So <laughs> lots, lots to uh, mine, you might say, from the reality of the Holy Family and God's plan for marriage and family, which is, it's just, you, you might say, it's really strengthened by that teaching people about be consecrated to our Blessed Mother, to Jesus through Mary in union with St. Joseph is our motto in our family apostolate. What I'm struck by, as you say that, our patron, John Paul II, of course, is his famous phrase, totus tuus, right? Mm -hmm. That he would be totally Mary's. And I guess one of the secrets of the saints is that there really is no real difference between becoming a saint and belonging completely to Jesus through Mary in mm -hmm. union with St. Joseph, right? That these are the same ideas, that to be holy is to belong to God in the means he gave us, which mm -hmm. is through his son, through his mother, and in relationship with St. Joseph, right? Or is that fair to say? That's <laughs> Yes. In fact, if you, if you let me, I'll launch a little bit here. You know, John Paul II was also the Fatima Pope. Mm -hmm. You know, that he was shot on the feast of May 13th on the Our Lady's feast day. And he, he yeah. truly believes one hand fired the bullet and the other hand guided it through his body that Our Lady miraculously saved his life. And he went um, after, the year after, he went to place the bullet in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, and then later he had the statue of Our Lady of Fatima come back in 1984 when he consecrated the world to Our Blessed Mother. He did it again at the year 2000 when he had the biggest gathering of bishops for the Jubilee of the Bishops. He again flew the Fatima statue back to St. Peter's Square and entrusted the new millennium to her care. And, he, and Fatima is all about the rosary too because at Fatima, Our Lady said, to the kids, were, she said, I am the Lady of the Rosary. And she asked yeah. the children each time, pray the rosary every day. And she's talking to a family. She's talking to a brother <laughs> and a sister and cousins you know, children, giving this message for families for our times. And so John Paul, I know personally too, because I studied as a seminarian, I was so fortunate. I, I was a seminarian in Rome and I was actually ordained by Pope John Paul II back in 1992. Wow. But I, if you got close enough to John Paul to greet him, so as a server, as a seminarian, I had that opportunity. Inevitably, he puts a rosary in your hand. So he was the great, uh, you might say, apostle of the rosary, apostle of Our Lady of Fatima, an apostle of uh, consecration to her. So in our family apostle, we tried to just give a, little, a short summary of what did our Blessed Mother bring to the world? What, did, what message did she bring to families for the world of our time? Because she really outlined a peace plan for families. In fact, she said, the world will not know peace until you follow these these instructions that I'm giving you. And they're, they're basically four simple points. She first emphasized to the kids, stop sinning. God is already too much offended. So she was really telling us, recognize that the, the source of all unhappiness is unrepented sin. Mm. So, But for us to recognize that, you have to be forming the moral consciences. That's what your JP2 Academy is all about, you know, trying to not just give a secular education, but to, you know, train the moral conscience to recognize sin, to be able to make proper choices to become the saints we're each called to be. So sin is the first point. Then she gave the solution. She asked, you know, the grace that Jesus has won, the redemption is so much greater than the fall. So she asked for the daily rosary. We grow in grace when we pray. Ultimately, she asked for a monthly confession and worthy communions. So she's emphasizing the sacramental life of the church. Be fervent in receiving the sacraments. Pray every day. And then uh, the third point she mentioned was uh, to offer penance, and she later explained that penance was to do fulfill your duties toward God and neighbor. So we teach families that, well, you know, the Ten Commandments, 
I mentioned this last night, that you don't see them five on one tablet and five on the other, or six and four. No, it's three and seven. You know why that is? Because that first uh, tablet summarizes our obligations toward God. You know, don't have false mm-hmm. gods before you. Don't use his name irreverently. Keep holy of the Lord's day. And then those fourth through tenth commandments are the obligations towards our neighbor. And so uh, here's our Blessed Mother in effect saying, here's the most pleasing penance you can offer. Keep the commandments. And, and realize that if you're in the state of grace, everything you do is increasing grace. That's what theology teaches. You grow in grace with, through the sacraments, through prayer, and your good works done in the state of grace. And you can understand why Our Lady would say, well, go to confession monthly because that's our only guarantee that we're living in grace to know that I'm, I, I go to the Lord regularly and he reconciles me and I have this confidence I'm living in his grace and friendship. Yeah. And, and so if you're, if, that, if you're in the reasonably living in the state of grace, then every diaper you change, moms, every meal you cook, every load of laundry you're doing, dads, you know, every you know, rush hour you have to put up with or <laughs> breakdown of equipment that you're, you know, just all the different obligations of your state of life, being a good, faithful father and provider for your family and uh, faithful spouse. That that's how you're becoming a saint, and you're winning grace for the whole mystical body. And as as each one of us grows in grace individually, we're raising up the whole mystical body. That's how we're bringing God's divine power to bear on the human situation. Man, that's that's such an important and beautiful message, mm-hmm. uh, which is the flip side of of I think something that we don't wrestle with enough today, which is that our personal sin has cosmological consequences. Yeah, you know? exactly. No such thing as an individual mm-hmm, sin. Mm-hmm. Um, the the perversion there, the evil that that well, the good that we allow to be deprived, it spreads out. Mm-hmm. But even more powerful is is penance in the state of grace, right? Um, and how that also has cosmological consequences. Exactly. I, I love that message, and and especially when it's amazing how when you just do things as a family, right. you know, it works out. I only yep. have. I only have one kid right now mm-hmm. who has received her first communion. But mm-hmm. uh, man, if she's listening to this later, <laughs> uh, she's going to be upset. She's a little <laughs> scrupulous, uh-huh. you know. And I was really worried about her mindset going into the sacrament of reconciliation. She could tell me all the catechetical things about mm-hmm. it, and we would we would talk about you know what why should you not be afraid mm-hmm. and. I was still just very nervous that her temperament would uh, be a big stumbling block for Mm -hmm. her receiving the sacrament. But since we would always kind of make it a family affair, Mm -hmm. and I mean, to be honest, sometimes it was, it's really hard with a bunch of kids, Mm -hmm. some of them babies, to be able to go to confession. And we have all these priest friends, so sometimes we would take advantage of, you know, (laughs) father come and visit. Yeah. Could you hear our confessions? Yeah, that's great. Right, right. Well, she's so willing to go to confession. Mm-hmm. She has no fear for the sacrament. But I think a lot of that is is has to do with. Um, so we we did in the past our family consecration to the sacred immaculate hearts, mm-hmm. and part of that was kind of agreeing to, yeah, not just talk about the sacramental life, but to do the sacramental life as mm-hmm. a family. Exactly. But man, how much more powerful doing these things consecrated to the Holy Family. Yeah, it's, it's very, very beautiful. Um, so the last point, if I 
to go back to the here's the our lady's message to families at Fatima was basically four messages: sin is the problem, grace is the solution. Uh, we were called to holiness or offer the penance of our duties fulfilled, which is not something dreary. That's the other thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to want to be a faithful husband or a faithful wife or a good dad, good mom. You know, be the best professional I can be. You know, be the best yeah. teacher, be the best deacon, you know, whatever we're called to, to just give it all to the Lord. And, and consecration is, that's what you're saying. I, I surrender everything to you, dear Blessed Mother. I give it to you. Now you please purify and magnify what's and you present it to jesus on my behalf and and it's just it it puts into motion a spiritual uh mathematics perhaps you might say or some kind of spiritual uh it's it's a multiplying effect we, we refer yeah. to it kind of like the marian multiplier that she makes everything so much more pleasing that we offer that she then offers on our behalf to god when we humbly come through her and then, and that was the last thing that she asked at Fatima. She said, consecrate yourself to my Immaculate Heart, that God wants to establish devotion to my Immaculate Heart. So when we talk to the families, we, we in fact, I, I'll, I'll review it with the kids each day when I'm preaching. And what's the first point? Sin. What's the second point? Grace. What's the third point? Holiness. What's the fourth point? Consecration. We give everything to Jesus through Mary. And so that one of the days we spend you know, just talking about why, why is our Blessed Mother such a uh, an integral part of this equation of of coming to Jesus. So uh, and we add Saint Joseph, of course, because mm -hmm. we do want you know the men to feel um, drawn by Saint Joseph to be these good spiritual heads of their families. You know, it's a beautiful thing to supply materially and you know for the needs of your family. But your bodies are going to become dust and ashes. We do every every Ash Wednesday. We're signed on our foreheads that. You know, we're not going to be in this earth and our bodies are going to become dust and ashes. It's the next life we're living for. And so dads have to realize, I have to be concerned about getting my family to heaven. And not only my family, but I got to work in, in cooperation with other men that I know. To, we got to work together to help get our families to heaven. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, our school, much like the Family Apostolate, was founded because people wanted to help each other get to heaven. They didn't want to go the way of the world. They didn't want to go that route. And they knew that, you know, the world was literally going to hell in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to live that way, right? Like we want our families to flourish in the Catholic faith. And so the idea of, of really being Catholic here is, is important. I would love for you to speak for a moment about how Marian consecration is not just extra to that formula, but really like being Catholic. And if you want to go mm -hmm. all in, Marian consecration is such an integral part, not just extra. Exactly. You, you might say that uh, we can't possibly, St. Bernard said, De Maria numquam sadis. If you, for those who are not up on your Latin, <laughs> about Mary, we can't say enough. And in fact, the Heavenly Father entrusted everything to our Blessed Mother, giving her his divine son, you know, to, for her to say yes and have Jesus within her womb for nine months. He whom the whole universe can't contain was contained in the womb of his mother for nine months. Jesus gave himself to his mother completely, and you know he was even obedient to her in the mystery of the Holy Family, we're told in Luke's Gospel. He went down with them and was obedient to them to give us this example of how pleasing it is when we submit to our, our Blessed Mother, even in St. Joseph and the communion of saints, to imitate Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit is referred to as her mystical spouse since he, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her to make her fruitful with Jesus. And so each person of the Holy Trinity is showing us that 
we're just imitating them to love our Blessed Mother. And, you know, our, our, our culture is dominated, you might say, many times by kind of Protestant thinking. And unfortunately, our separated Christian brethren sometimes don't understand. And they think, they think our Marian devotion is somehow, you know, obscuring our devotion to Jesus or, our, you know, our, our commitment to him. But it's not. She lives to take us more deeply into the relationship with her divine son. And right there in Luke's gospel, it says, all generations will call me blessed. So I, like, I've said that to some of my Protestant friends, you know, well, are you outside all generations? Why are, you, <laughs> why are you afraid to call her blessed? And that's why we love her. I mean, she's just, she's just strengthening our love for Jesus. Nobody loved Jesus as much as she did. No, she's the perfect disciple. You know, we enter into her school, John Paul said, you know, when we pray to her, pick up the rosary. She says, you enter into the school of Mary, and through her heart, you're loving her divine son and with her help. And so there's a very practical dimension to being Marian. You know, it's not just a pious idea. It's a, it's a practical way of um, securing our commitment to Jesus, you know. Absolutely. And furthering, you know, the prophecy that was revealed to the Blessed Mother at, when, when our, our Lord was presented in the temple. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But I, I love this dimension of consecration as as giving simply giving everything mm -hmm. uh giving everything but with with the confidence that this is how god has set things up mm -hmm. i always find it fascinating some some of our protestant brothers and sisters they'll they'll regularly agree wholeheartedly that um all the living are are called to evangelize mm -hmm. are called to proclaim the apostle or the the, the gospel but they qualify that the living only refers to those who haven't died yet. I know it's and and, and they you know are and and I, I we we're not bashing our separated Christian brethren. We love, no, not we, at we, all. We, we love them, and in fact, they can teach us many lessons with their fervor in prayer and and their evangelizing spirit. Because a lot of Catholics are kind of remiss on those duties. But um, I was going to say that the they they have prayer chains. You know, if if somebody's ill, I mean, they get their prayer chain going, and so. As Catholics, we just realized that the communion of saints, our Blessed Mother and the saints that have gone before us, they're closer to God in eternity. And they're not there being indifferent to us. They're yeah. waiting and working with us to get everyone from the church militant on earth or the pilgrim church on earth to the heavenly home, to the heavenly kingdom. So they're very active. And, and we, by faith, we, we empower them more to, to be active in our lives when by faith we invite them to do so that's what marian consecration is it's inviting her take full uh, uh, possession of me because jesus on the cross said woman behold your son son behold your mother as we said earlier that i i dear blessed mother i want i give you permission you know be the mother in fact didn't jesus say unless you become like a little child you can't enter the kingdom well, what little child is not really at a loss if they don't have a mother to help mm -hmm. them. And so God has given us a spiritual mother to help us in this journey to the kingdom and to be humble and little like children and let her lead us because she'll do it, you know, as a zealous mother, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The way you put that, it kind of reminds me that we, you know, Mary is not dead, right? Like she was yeah. assumed into heaven. She's participating in the resurrection that we all wait for. It almost seems like the greatest faith act of faith we can have in the resurrection of Christ is to entrust ourselves to the Blessed Mother because 
to do that, we not only have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead and has the power to raise himself from the dead, but that he also shares that resurrection with us. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, in a masterful way with our blessed mother, right? Mm-hmm. And so treating her as a living mother, a living queen for me, that I would do everything for her. Mm-hmm. What a pleasing statement of faith to Jesus in his resurrection, mm-hmm. because I know that Mary is his masterpiece of yep. the new creation. Right? Exactly. One, one of my favorite, um, you know, we've been talking about Fatima, which is, you know, that happened in 1917. It's a church approved apparition. One of the other very famous interventions of our Blessed Mother in history was Our Lady of Guadalupe, when at the beginning of the evangelization of the New World, you know, she appeared to Juan Diego. And Juan Diego was a 54-year-old widower. And those beautiful words that Our Lady spoke to him when he was concerned about his uncle, that he had to go get a priest for the last rites, and the, and, and he was going to delay doing what the mother of God was asking him out of compassion for his uncle. But she assured him, am I not here who am you, your mother? Are you not in the folds of my mantle and the crossing of my arms? Is there anything else that you need? Isn't that amazing that the, the virgin mother is talking to a 54-year-old man and saying, aren't you in the crossing of my arms? Aren't you like hidden like a little child up against the leg of, her, of his mother? Uh, that's, that's, the, that's how... That's how heaven wants us to view the all-protecting help of our Blessed Mother. And, and that's how humble it is to return to Jesus, thinking ourselves as being that little and that dependent, you know. Yeah, well, I think that, that, that seems to be one of the key differences you were speaking to earlier with regard to devotion and consecration. And this is not to knock devotion at all. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, but devotion implies some sort of distance, mm-hmm. whether it be a distance of time or, or a distance of, um, you know, th- just not where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. but, but I can still be devoted to this ideal. Whereas consecration is, is more about no, closeness. Yeah, in closeness, mm-hmm. immediacy, immediacy um, yeah. putting these beliefs into concrete practice. Right. You know what I love too the the insights of the saints like Saint Louis de Montfort when he 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 was a French saint that was given these incredible insights about why it's so pleasing to come to Jesus through his mother and he he developed with the help of the Holy Spirit this spirituality of total consecration of giving everything which is to say I give you my my life my physical being my possessions my spiritual benefits everything I just want to entrust to you to to manage dear blessed mother and to purify and present to your son on my behalf. And I, I, he even had the insight of that. That means that every heartbeat, every breath we take, even when you're sleeping and not even conscious, you've said, no, I want every heartbeat to be an act of love to Jesus. I want every breath I take to be an act of love. It's just, you can't imagine the efficacy of, of, wanting to do give everything just as jesus gave himself completely even to the every drop of his blood literally mm-hmm. so that it's it, there's dimensions and mystery to this spirituality wow. that um we, we will never come to the end of it yeah, it's beautiful yeah, yeah it kind of reminds powerful. me of the idea of like a um, family man so the difference between a man who has a family and a family man well what's the difference the family man is all about the family mm-hmm. you can have a man who has a family they're in his life yeah. But we look to a man who loves his family with everything and we say mm-hmm. that's a family man. 
And so for me, you know, one of the things from this Holy Family consecration, what you're saying, you know, it reminds me and inspires me to be a holy family man, right? Like not mm-hmm. just a man with a holy family, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They're in my life. But to be a holy family man mm-hmm. where like I am all about Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Because I mean, that's the goal of the Christian life, right? Well, I would say too, the other neat thing, Deacon, is that beautiful that that's that we have that desire that i want to be holy i want to be the best dad and best spouse and you know best deacon everything you ask of me lord i want to do it for complete love of you so consecration is formalizing that but it's also as i mentioned before it's opening with our free will it's opening ourselves to the help that our blessed mother wants to give you and saint joseph and uh, and, and that's why we have devotion to the saints our patron saints and guardian angels and you know, there's actually different consecrations to the angels and things too. That all as it is, they're they're not comp- competing with each other. They're just saying, as God has ordained this beautiful orchestra, you know, of cooperation with His redemption and our participation in it to bring it to completion. That by our free will, we're asking, Blessed Mother, please help me, Saint Joseph, help me. Which is a great consolation too, because you might be overwhelmed as a dad. Yeah, that happens. That if, if, yeah, that if <laughs> I, I, I hear that, that that happens. Yeah, right. Oh, so, so, but then you can you can rest in this uh, notion that, but wait a minute, I have given myself completely, and they take that gift of myself very seriously. They're not going to let me down. They're going to help me, especially when I'm most in need. You know, mm, to be a beautiful. faithful yeah. dad and, and, and husband. That that is pleasing to the Lord and pleasing pleasing to them as well. Um, one of the experiences I have as a father that's a little frustrating is um, whenever my child is doing something and they refuse to ask for my help. Mm. I'm right there. I can help. It'll make you happy. It'll be pleasing to me. Like, this is my job. This is what I want to do. But they don't. And like, as a good father, I, I feel like I have to let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to ask for help, uh, what am I stealing from them by making them ask for help? Mm-hmm. So just sitting back and letting them struggle. And, you know, it, it kind of hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when they do, when they do turn to me for help, boy, does that, mm-hmm. you know, f- it's so fulfilling. It mm-hmm. makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And then to think about, you know, St. Joseph and the Blessed Mother mm-hmm. um, and how it must be for them to be able and so willing to offer help. And how often do we try to do it on our own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful analogy that you make. The, that's what the consecration, that's what it does. It just gives them permission to maximize the help they want to give us. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, so what, what advice would you have for families you know, they're very excited. They've done the consecration. Um, what what would you say to them as far as how do you go deeper? Not maintain it, not keep mm-hmm. it up, but go deeper. Well, I would, I would mention this, that again, at Fatima, Our Lady mentioned the importance of the first Saturday of the month. And in fact, she asked mm. that we would go to confession, receive Holy Communion, and pray the rosary. She actually asked, you know, asked that we pray the rosary every day, and I would so encourage your listeners to use whatever ingenuity you have to to do that. 
You know, if, if on a given day, dad's going to be away, well, maybe dad pledges that, okay, I'm, I'll pray the rosary driving to where I have to be. And, you know, you get together or, or even to use media, you know, use a Zoom conference. Let's pray that we're, we're going to be separate. Or, you know, if there's a son or daughter that's going to be on a bus to go to a sporting event or something, well, can you put your hand in your coat pocket and pray a rosary while you're on the bus or pray a decade? I, I often say, too, that I, I like to walk and pray the rosary and drive and pray the rosary, but takes three minutes to pray one decade. You don't have to pray the rosary all at once. How about you pray one decade at a time? You're walking between classes. People don't even have to know you're praying if you're embarrassed about that. You know, <laughs> you can have your hand in your pocket, pray one decade, three minutes. And by the end of the day, you know, you do it here, do it there. Maybe the last decade you pray before you go to bed or you bring a rosary to bed with you and pray the last decade as you're going to sleep. That I, I tell that to kids all the time, you know, especially when they're struggling to maintain purity, when you, you get this relentless attack on purity in our day. I say, do you get the rosary is a weapon. You know, it's a spiritual sword. Always have a rosary in your pocket and just one decade at a time, you know, offer that to her blessed mother. You ask her to protect you and help you. She will. You're empowering her. You know, I, I lived out in Wyoming for five years and, you know, a lot of hunters. And I learned, I'm not a hunter myself. My dad wasn't. But I mean, anybody knows you don't go near a mother with her offspring. I mean, if you do expect yeah. that you're going to be, you're going you're gonna to have your hands full. <laughs> and it's like, if that's the lesson that God's teaching us through nature, you don't mess with a mother with, with her offspring. How much more our Blessed Mother is going to be zealous for those who have entrusted themselves to her because she sees how Satan is night and day, never sleeping, plotting our eternal ruin. And she sees that very clearly. And so she wants to help protect us. And we're maximizing her freedom to help us through consecration as well. Awesome. Well, unfortunately, we're uh, at the end of the podcast, Father, but I want to give you the last word here um, to tell us a little more about the apostolate and these family retreats, because in your visit here, we've gotten the opportunity to visit with you know different families, and we had a great um, night of consecration on Friday, and people are interested in going to family land, like we yeah. want to get involved. So yeah. <laughs> how does it work exactly? Okay. Well, I would say the simplest answer would be visit the website because there's so much information. There's video clips and stuff to tell you about the work. Yeah, uh, we'll, be, a, we'll be adding that in the show oh, notes. Oh, yeah, so, good. Yeah, sure. right. yeah, take a look at the show yeah. notes for the link okay. to that. Right, afc.org is very simple. And it, if you can get there, I know it's not exactly around the corner from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, <laughs> It's in the Steubenville Diocese, and I know that you know there's a lot of uh, Cajuns that go up to Franciscan University. We're only about 20 minutes west of Franciscan University. But it's an 800-acre property, rolling hills, foothills of Appalachia. And it's the events that, the, that we run there are just going to strengthen you and your whole understanding of family, where we have sacraments, prayer, a lot of fun things for the kids. It's, a, it's really like a vacation in a retreat center if you can make it up for one of the week-long programs in the summer or uh, a retreat in a vacation center you know sounds amazing yeah it is it's yeah. beautiful and the kids will in fact the, the my experience too is that the kids are insisting to mom and dad we, we, we're going to come back we're going to back and then, then they're the ones that arrange well, I want, we got to go to that week because i want to see my friends from that but which is wonderful that the kids yeah. are now it's the kids bringing the parents where initially it might have been the parents dragging the kids <laughs> so god's doing a great work there it's just beautiful so check it out yeah well, thank you so much for for having this conversation with us, for you know joining us uh, for the for the feast day for Pope Saint John Paul, and and for inviting our families to to take that to take that well logical step mm -hmm. um, of wanting to desire holiness, the good life, 
well, kind of goes hand in hand with being consecrated to the Holy Family. So thank you so much. Uh, my privilege to be here, and I'm, I'm, I'm heartened to see what God's doing with your school here in Lafayette. Awesome. Thanks. Well, join us next time on Le Bon V. We'll talk more about the good life. On behalf of our guests, Father Kevin Barrett and Mr. Kyle Alberato, I'm Deacon Adam Conk. Vive le bon vie. Yeah, live that good life. Amen. Good life.